Happy summer, everyone. Welcome into the Final Score podcast. Greg Swatak here with you of the Frederick News Post Sports Department. And uh, looking forward in just a couple of minutes to chatting with the Urbana softball team. Uh, state champions this year for the first time since two th- 2011. Uh, 1-4-A with an 8-2 victory over Delaney. It's their second state championship at, at Urbana. They uh, uh, previously won that, that uh, 2011 title. Uh, so we'll have uh, Coach Frank Husson on, as well as his uh, star catcher turned ace pitcher, uh, Delaney Reef, and the team's everyday catcher, uh, Maggie Hummer, another top player on the team. They'll be in here uh, in just a couple of minutes to talk about their state softball championship. Um, Alexander Dacey was at that state championship game, the A2 win over Delaney, and um, uh, Urbana, it was a pretty dominating performance from start to finish. Yeah, it was not, uh, it, it, the, the outcome was never really in doubt uh, once once the first inning happened, just because Delaney Reef went out, struck out three people on 10 pitches, and then uh, they turned around and scored three in the bottom of the first. So, you know, it never I, I guess it never really got to like full blowout margins, but it, it they, they never really felt like they were in any danger of Delaney coming back. I mean, Delaney at the plate. She was awesome uh, on the uh, in, in the circle. She was mm-hmm. awesome. But, but what do you think? What do you think of her transition? I mean, she's a catcher. She's going mm-hmm. to Maryland, a division one school to catch. Uh, but but in high, for her high school team, she for the last two years she's been this unstoppable ace pitcher. I mean that's pretty impressive. It, it definitely is, and I think it you know part of it speaks to I guess just you know how good of an athlete she is, right? And like not not every not every you know high school player can just randomly become a you know a good pitcher one day, right? Like you have to have some love baseline level of athletic talent to do that. Um, and I, I'm sure for her as well, like her arm is probably fairly strong just for you know, having to throw, uh, you know, with throwing down and stuff and doing your catching drills. So that, you know, that probably did help a little bit. But yeah, it's it is pretty remarkable that it was not it didn't seem to be too difficult of a too difficult of a transition for her. Yeah, well, we'll we'll ask her in a couple of minutes how she became such a good pitcher since catching is her uh, uh, position uh, uh, by trade uh, by normally. Um, all right, so here we are at the end of the uh, uh, high school season, uh, heading into summer and feature season for us. We have a couple things uh, in, in the hopper. Um, you're working on a story or will be working on a story about um, Joey McManus potentially getting drafted uh, next month in the middle of July. Uh, Trey Lipscomb, uh, Urbana graduate, is also tearing it up uh, in high A for, uh, for for the Nats in Wilmington. And, and I think we mentioned this last week, but but you're heading to Wilmington to see him play in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm planning to go on June 20th because they're playing the Ironbirds. So it's a nice little O's, you know, O's versus Nats farm system thing. But yeah, excited to go out there, you know, talk to him, probably talk to him beforehand uh, and do a do a nice, slightly longer feature just on kind of how his first year has been in the system. I mean, you know, he's... He's he's been able to find success. You know, that's kind of the remarkable thing is is just how, you know, wherever he goes, like, yeah, it might take him a little bit to adjust, but it's not it doesn't never seems to be a big learning curve. Um, You know, maybe maybe once he maybe now that I guess the question is, is if assuming he does make it past single A at some point, then we'll have to see because then you're starting to get into some you know higher levels of play. But so far, it's not been an issue. Uh, But yeah, this uh, this past week, he was a South uh, South Atlantic League player of the week. He had a. um, he hit, I think he hit 429 uh, with five doubles, a couple homers, and like seven or eight RBIs, uh, and I think like a steal. Even there may even been a steal or two in there. Um, so he, uh, he, he's 
kind of starting to really turn it on at the right time. And he's considered one of the Nats' top infield prospects. Yeah, right? so he's on the the latest update. He's technically their number three infield prospect, though the caveat being. Uh, one of the two guys ahead of him, Armando Cruz, is a shortstop, and the Nats' middle infield is pretty much set with um, uh, with, with uh, Luis Garcia and C.J. Abrams for the foreseeable future. So he's probably a trade chip. But I, I was, um, was going to say the odds of him getting traded is a top prospect, uh, and he sort of blocked organizationally. Um, I can tell you for for uh, for for Trey, he's right now not. Um, the the again the the asterisk to that is the top infield prospect is a third baseman Brady House who was a first round draft pick in uh, twenty one so that would be the only I guess roadblock down the line um, but the thing is but the thing like Brady House has been great when he's been healthy but he's another case of like he can't stay on the field uh, so right now technically Trey's actually ahead of him like Trey's in high a and Brady's down in uh down in single a no, no, Fredericksburg. No okay yeah, yeah just because he's been just because he, he's not had a full healthy season um you know and again when, when he's played when you when he's played and been healthy he's been he's been very good so you know long term Brady house probably you know as long again as long as he's not injured he'll project better than than Lipscomb, but Lipscomb's like a nice, he'll be probably a nice insurance option at some point. Um, Oregon, maybe a trade chip, you know, we'll have to see how things go. But um, given that they just don't have a lot of infield prospects um, right now, he's he's probably someone who's going to be sticking around at least for a little, at least for a little bit to see how things sort of shake out. Yeah, right. You don't want to give up on a guy uh, too early, obviously. Right. So, uh, all right. I don't know how much of reporting you've done on this McManus stuff mm-hmm. yet. But what, what, what are the odds that he will be drafted out of high school next month? So I think the odds, I mean, I mean, I think if all else is even, if he's if he's putting his name in the draft, he's 100% getting drafted. Or I wouldn't want to, I guess I don't want to say 100%, but he's, he, there's a very, it, it would be a, a very big shock if he did not get drafted and did not get drafted, you know, in the, the, the middle to upper rounds. Yeah, I mean, a 6'4", 210, 220-pound mm-hmm. power pitcher, with a mid nineties fastball, yeah, yeah, um, and again, like you know, the scouts have been at scouts have been out to his, you know basically all his starts, and you know they all they all seem to be very impressed. I know uh, they told they told Mike Franklin that you know he could be as high as a day two pick, which I believe is third round um, at the, at the peak. I don't, I'm guessing he won't go quite that high, but um, you know it, that just sort of shows you know what his potential you know, ceiling or peak is, which is pretty darn good. Um, now, again, the, the caveat there is he told me when I talked to him last week because uh, he won the uh, um, uh, Maryland uh, Gatorade Player of the Year for baseball, which is the first uh, Frederick County player to win that, uh, Frederick County baseball player to win that award. Um, so I talked to him about that last week, and I just asked him, and he's, he's like he's kind of 50-50 right now on whether or not he wants to, you know, uh, go into the draft or go through to Maryland because yeah, like Delaney's going yeah. like Delaney Reef uh, he's, he's going to Maryland uh, yeah. and, and I guess the question will become money uh, yeah. because if he's not if his uh, if he gets a great offer mm-hmm. like uh, former Catoctin pitcher Mason Albright got is a 12th round pick yeah. by the Angels which was like I think he signed for a record amount for a 12th and round it was like pick. one and a quarter million or something and, something and, along and 12th round picks yeah. do not get that no. uh typically so 
So I mean, he, he was on, he was on the podcast before, and I, and he sounded pretty intent on going to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do, do we have an idea? What a third, like, say he's a third round pick. Do we do we know what sort of slot that we're slot looking at there? Slot value for third round is usually somewhere in like the the low to mid one, like like high like high six, low seven figures. Kind of depends on the. Depends on the player and what the ask is. And so if he's taken go, in the third round, he's going to have a real decision to make. Yeah. Um, you because, know, because the money is going to be hard to turn down. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. But of course, then the flip side is if he's, if he's, if he's undecided or if team CO, maybe he's not a hundred percent committed and they don't want to maybe pony up the money. You know, if, if they're not sure he's going to, he's going to come over and sign, then maybe he'll fall a little bit further. That's kind of one thing I think, well, you know, that'll have to shake out. Um, you know, the, the other thing I would be, you know, I would just be kind of watchful on is um, with Maryland baseball season just ended uh, this past weekend in the uh, regional. Um, they lost, they got upset by uh, George Mason. Yeah, well, um, uh, real, real quick on that. Yeah. They, they had a good season, but they got placed in like the toughest bracket <laughs> ever, right? Yeah, uh, but is what is what it is. You got to beat the beat the best to be the best. So, um, right. but but anyway, so. You know the 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 recent uh, the last couple of days there's been a you know there there's is like the start of the turnover period right so there's guys who are you know saying they're gonna go try to go get drafted you know guys are entering the transfer portal um, you know I'm sure coach coach Rob Vaughn at Maryland is you know probably also scouting the portal for some new guys so we'll kind of have to see um, I think Maryland from my under you know my talking to both Joey and Mike Franklin Maryland seems to like him more obviously more as a I mean obviously he's a fantastic hitter but I think they like to see him as like a you know as a primarily a pitcher um just with his frame and his his pure stuff so you know if if that's the case then uh then I believe I believe two of Maryland's uh weekend starters are graduating uh and I think and then I think so that would theoretically open up a you know open up a spot where he could compete for one of those one of those slots again just given how how, how strong his stuff is. So, you know, that's, that's something else that'll just have to play out, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it, we'll could really, it, it, could, it could really be a fascinating decision because mm-hmm. the money is going to be tough to turn down, but I know he, he sounds very intent on playing college baseball. I know he would love the experience of playing at Maryland and, right. and having a normal college life mm-hmm. sort of, um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, where he's drafted and what he's offered uh, for a little perspective, the highest, a uh, draft pick ever for a Frederick County player out of high school was Brandon Klein uh, in 2009. Uh, he went in the sixth round to the Red Sox, which was his favorite team growing up as a kid. Uh, but And he was 165 overall. So McManus, at the very least, has a chance to be the highest drafted player ever from Frederick County. Yeah, then that would, again, that would be remarkable. Um, you know, the the other thing, which I, I just I just thought about this when we were, you know, when you were mentioning, uh, you know, him going to Maryland. The, the other the other side is, you know, if he goes to Maryland and he's got to be there for, you know, he'll be there for three years at least. But his stock could go higher, especially if he, you know. If if they, if they develop him like like he like he could be developed. Well, I mean, so, Klein went from a sixth round pick yeah. to a second round pick right. of, of the Orioles. Right. So, so, so he improved his stock dramatically, and he, um, and he was a starting pitcher in high school at TJ. Um, he be, he became a great relief. He started at Virginia too, where he went to school. He became, but he became a better relief pitcher there, and that and that's what he was for the Orioles when uh, when they drafted him. He, he was like a middle reliever uh, for him. So so it'll it'll be interesting over this next month to see how this uh, sort of plays out. 
Um, what else we got? We got the Atlantic League team. They've turned it around a little bit, right? I yeah. mean, it's amazingly they lost their first thirteen games. Yeah, I mean they they they've turned it around a little bit. You know, still still towards the bottom of the Atlantic League. They might actually still be at the bottom. I, I haven't looked at the standings in a couple of days, but um, they have so they have some notable players. Uh, Starlin Castro. Yeah. Um, uh, he played for the Nats. Right? Yeah, he he played for the Nats and then kind of unceremoniously got uh got booted from the Nats after he got suspended for some domestic violence uh investigate right. uh, situation. Was so. he, wasn't he a Yankee at one point? He was a too? Yankee at one point. He was a Cub. I mean, Sterling Castro is a very interesting case because if you like look at his his like major league stats, he was well on his way to being like a three thousand hit club person, which is kind of absurd given that like he was you know he he's a guy that you would always think of as being solidly above average, but not like not someone that sort of leapt off the page you like that, but he would always get close to 200 hits a season. He was, I mean, you know, it also helped that he was, you know, healthy most of the time, but he's just a very solid impact bat. And again, Do I don't you think know. he'll be back in the majors. I, I don't know. And that's, I think that that's my guess is for him. Cause I, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him yet. Cause his, I was at his debut. Um, but then, uh, I, I think that he left before I got a chance to, um, before I got a chance to talk to him. So I, I think part of what, you know, what this is is obviously just, you know, a chance to sort of get back into baseball, get acclimated and show that, hey, I've still got stuff left in the tank. You know, do teams want to take a chance on, you know, a player who has a little bit of personal baggage, you know, for someone who also, you know, this is, again, his first, I guess, time really playing in about playing legitimately in about two years. So then it's like, is that really worth it? You know, who's to say? But um, you know, I, there there is a chance because he. I mean, again, for as long as he was in the majors, he was very very solid. Uh, so. Also notably on the team is former Oriole and uh, mm-hmm. obviously former major leaguer uh, Jimmy uh, Paredes. Um, so so there's a couple uh, interesting guys on on this Atlantic League team. Are we are we closer to them being finally named something other than the question? Marks? We, we we are. June 23rd is the date, which I guess as of this recording is 15 days away. So. Uh, yeah, coming down to the wire. It's a. It's always very funny because the couple times I've covered their games and they always play like a, <laughs> like 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 a like a like a guess the team name game. Uh, and the uh, you know in the stands will like pull kids aside to do it, and you you get you get some very funny answers from the kids about like which ones they like. I think uh, screaming alpacas just because it's so absurd seems to be the the fan favorite, but we will have to see if that uh is, if is, that is, comes to fruition. Did you, uh, is that the leader in the clubhouse? Would you say? I, I would say based on just reading the the the, tea, the the fan the fan responses there and the tea leaves on Twitter. Okay, uh, would seem to indicate that people really like screaming alpacas. The Frederick screaming alpacas. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? No, it doesn't. But uh, All right. we will have to see. That's uh, the June, June 23rd at uh, 7 o'clock. What, the, they, what they told me the plan is is that they're going to warm up in their question mark jerseys. They're going to go back to the clubhouse. Is it, it going to be like a Superman rip off the question mark Not jerseys? Not quite that, but like... They're gonna they're gonna like switch they're gonna switch into the new jerseys. Um, that's like the first time the players are gonna see them uh, at you know after warmups, and then they're gonna run back out on the field uh, like you know f- right before the game starts. I wonder if there'll too. be a live alpaca at the games. I would that would be interesting. I that would be bonus points for creativity. That's right. for sure. <laughs> And also the Frederick Keys uh, in the Major League Draft League, uh, they're underway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyone of note on, on on the keys roster? Um, well, the, the the main one that is that is of note is uh, is is, is a, they have a catcher from Uganda. His name's uh, Dennis yes. Kasumba. 
um, who I I got a chance to briefly talk to before his first his first practice he's last week. He's got a week. crazy story. Yeah, so he he's from so he's from Uganda. Um, he was orphaned as as a as a as a child, uh, and you know at at, at uh, he was you know trying to you know go through school and work as well. And at some point, he just dropped out of school because it was like I you know I need to make money. I I can't do this. Um, so he was working at a slaughterhouse and there was one day there was a former, uh, you know, former player for the Uganda national team. And he was like a semi-pro player in Japan. Um, he, he's like a baseball coach now in Uganda. And he, I guess he, he just found him one day and was like, basically was like, I'll take you in and teach you baseball and sort of, you know, help, uh, you know, teach you this and I'll also help you sort of go through, you know, finish school and stuff. So he took him and a couple other kids under his wing. Uh, and so you just saw what potential? I, I, I guess. I mean, he hadn't really play, hadn't played baseball before that, and um, I I don't know if he knew. I'm assuming he probably knew what the game was, but he didn't really know much about it. Uh, but he he he's a guy who's very. He, he you can tell it like it, it excites him, and you know even if he's not uh you know uh he's very eager to learn. Um, you know, clear and clearly, and well, I, I mean, it beats working in a slaughterhouse. Yeah, I know. And so he, and so basically, like he, they, they turn. He basically just started watching highlights, and he, the first ones he stumbled upon, he told me, were of Yadier Molina and Salvador Perez, and Salvador Perez in particular caught his eye, and so he's like, I want to be a catcher. Of course, he t- takes that to his coach, and his coach is like. Are you sure you want to be a catcher? Because like that's a really demanding, not the easiest position to play. Demanding position, especially for someone you know who hasn't uh, hasn't played before again, much less really knows a lot about the game. But you know he kind of got into it, and then he started posting his workout videos on social media. Um, he was doing a lot of un, you know unconventional stuff with just like you know knickknacks he had. It, it around. seemed like it seemed like in some of the pictures, like he made his own weight. Equipment. I mean, that's basically what he did. Like he you know he would put like tires and stuff on you know on like uh, like tree branches um, to do to do weights. Uh, you know he would use like like a bottle as like a tea. Um, you know, and, and just sort of improvising and, you know, he put and, and he would post this stuff on social media and eventually just sort of, you know, one of those things where like, you know, the right person finds it, it slowly starts to gain traction. And eventually earlier this year, I think the drag, I guess it caught the attention of MLB and the draft league and their light and they reach out, uh, to, to the Ugandan baseball association. How old is this guy? He's 18. Okay. Um, yeah. And they reach out to the Ugandan baseball association are basically like, Look, we want to you know get this kid to the draft league just to get him a little more you know exposure and seasoning. Um, and so eventually, you know, kind of works out. And his visa, his visa got denied a couple times, but uh, I believe it was last month. I think it was May eighteenth. He finally got his visa accepted, and so you know that. Uh, so so th- that plus um, you know just kind of his story going viral. He got you know. Yeah, the, the, the LA Times. Yeah, the, the him, LA right? Times had a couple had a big profile on him. I think ESPN picked it up. Um, you know, he was working with a couple of people, including the the most prominent guys, this attorney based out of Atlanta, who like again saw one of his videos and you know started putting together like a like a GoFundMe and other stuff for him. You know, he's the one that like got it. You know, helped get him to the U.S. and uh, so he flew. So he flew into Atlanta on Memorial Day. And then they came up to uh, to meet him, and then they came up to Frederick the next day, which was the first day of workouts. And um, he's definitely someone who you know and is gonna you know he he's definitely very raw his skills, but you can tell he, he's clearly got some talent. And he's very much got a passion for the game. So I think just after you know the hope is obviously he's much better after this summer, and then you know a few more summers, you know a few more years of work, and 
he'll maybe be something. I mean, I mean, he's basically a high school senior right now. Right. And I mean, and again, like, you know, and especially someone who's coming in with, you know, less time spent playing baseball than probably all these other guys were at the you know same point that he was. So it's really remarkable. And, you know, the good thing for him is his, uh, um, is his coach is Rene Rivera, who was a major league catcher for, I think it was about 13 years, just kind of, you know, to, you know, bouncing around organizations. So he's like the perfect guy. And, you know, uh, Dennis, Dennis told me like when he, um, uh, when, when, uh, he and Renee connected on Instagram before he came over and was like, Dennis was like sending him some videos and Renee was sending him back some pointers. So they, you know, they're, they already kind of, at least online established a little bit of a, of a rapport. And then, um, and, you know, and now, now that he's here, he's getting obviously the, the more hands-on instruction. Yeah. Any sense for how he's adjusting to life over here? Um, well, so the only time I've seen him was, that was like, probably wasn't even 24 hours after he got into the u.s so i think he was kind of still a little bit like this is just a lot happening all at once but um you know i think it's i, th- I think i think he is kind of based on just based on again the the little bit i do know he's he, he's kind of slowly adjusting you know does he have someone to help him yeah so i believe he's i, I don't 100 percent know that uh remember uh what he told me, but I think he said he's living with some of the coaches, so I think they're helping. Um, and again, this this you know this uh, the, the this attorney guy uh, from Atlanta who really has helped him a lot. He came up with him and kind of helped him get started last week. Um, and I think and I think he's got a couple other people just sort of around helping him. So he he has he he has like a support system, right? Like I say, he's he's not just fully going at it alone, which I'm sure would be very overwhelming and daunting as much as this is already daunting and overwhelming <laughs> right so not only is he trying to uh, yeah. learn how to live in a new country trying to learn how to play professional level type baseball right so and and the i mean the the other thing i should probably mention before we uh you know you know before we go is uh, on this topic is that uh there's never been a ugandan player uh in the majors um, and the the only the first Ugandan players, they're both uh, uh, relievers, were signed last year by the Dodgers. So you know if he can, you know, part of the, his thing is also like if he can break through, and you know he would be like he would be the first, or you know depending on what these other guys do, maybe one of the first, which which would be pretty which would be pretty big again for a country that doesn't really play baseball right um, at all. You know, very very few people in uh, in Uganda play baseball. I, I imagine soccer is the big sport. Uh, soccer is soccer is the main sport. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it, it's a neat story, and the level of determination uh, here is is clearly off the charts. So, all right, Mr. Dacey, thank you. We'll check in with you again next week. But when we come back, we will talk to uh, Coach Frank Husson uh, and two of his top players, uh, Delaney Reef and Maggie Hummer of the state champion uh, Urbana softball team. Stay with us here on the final score. With an 8-2 victory over Delaney High School in the Class 4A state championship game, uh, Urbana High School softball won its second state championship. It had been more than a decade since the Hawks won their first. That was that was way back in uh, 2011. And uh, joining me in studio right now are Coach Frank Husson and, and, and two of his, uh, his uh, leading players. Uh, catcher turned ace pitcher uh, Delaney Reef and the team's catcher, uh, everyday catcher uh, Maggie Hummer. Thanks for being here, everyone. Frank, you were a young man back in 2011, right? I was uh, about 12 years younger, Greg. Yeah, we uh, we all were. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
Hopefully the next one doesn't take 12 years. Well, yeah, let's win, let's win one another a little sooner than that. So, Frank, what can you say about this group of girls that, that uh, won, won the championship? Um, phenomenal, phenomenal group of young ladies. Um, performance on the field is one thing, um, but when I look at the character that uh, um, these young ladies possess, uh, that's what wins championships. Um, it, it's more than just physical ability on the field. And this team came together over the past four years. You just saw the chemistry start to gel. And, uh, um, you know, I, I mentioned to you before, I projected three years ago that this group was going to win a state championship. Yeah, yeah, you had a premonition, didn't you? I, I did. Uh, I saw a lot of parallels between... Uh, my 2011 state championship team in this group of girls. Did you think it would take three years to do it or uh, or four years to do it? I did not. Uh, funny you asked that question. I talked about it a little bit last night at our end-of-year banquet, and I actually had a two-year plan in place for this group of girls. Uh, you may recall Spencer Rapinta was our, our ace pitcher uh, back when this group first came in as freshmen. Uh, my thought was, get them a year of varsity experience um, with Spencer pitching. And Spencer's senior year, uh, I anticipated that they would win a state championship at that point. Unfortunately, COVID happened and kind of threw that plan by the wayside. Yeah, all, all good plans get, get laid to waste uh, sometimes. Um, Maggie, what was your reaction to this team winning it all? Um, I honestly knew we all could do it. We all have the talent. Um, we had this little project we had to do where we had to write an end-of-year story. And in my end-of-year story, I pretty much talked about how we all came together as 14 girls on our team and gelled together to win a state championship. And, I mean, it's like a dream come true, just seeing everyone coming together and being one. Was this end-of-year story, was it a team assignment or was it a school assignment? A team assignment. We got to practice, and he told us to bring a pencil and a piece of paper. And we were, all... you, were you guys like, what are, you, what are you talking about, Coach Frank? What, what, yeah. what, was this class? Or... Pretty much. He told us to bring a pencil and a piece of paper, and we had everyone laying around the field and everyone just trying to decide what we really wanted as a team and as players for the end of the year. And I think that honestly really helped us. So. What, what, what did you write down? Um, pretty much I said that for our end of the year story, I wanted us to be able to celebrate in some sort of way, hopefully a state championship because this was way before. Um, but I said that I wanted us to be able to celebrate together as all of my friends now, like people that I didn't really know before and being able to really be one. So, I mean, it was it, it came true. So. Uh, Delaney, what was your end-of-year story? Um, so I wrote mostly about how I wanted the team to feel prideful at the end of our season. Um, I said no matter how it ends, I hope we all feel proud of how we played. Um, but then at the end, I also added it would be great to end my high school season on my college field, and I would love to see our team get there. Yeah, because you are a University of Maryland commit. Uh, uh, and uh, did you think um, when you won a state title, did you think you'd be – in the circle, or did you think you would be behind the plate? Um, well, it was only about last year I really started pitching for high school because we had Spencer Rapenta. Um, but going into this season, I definitely expected to be the pitcher because I just kind of knew uh, our layout of the girls and everything, and we had a lot of talent. The girls could play everywhere. And you, um, you have someone like Maggie, obviously, to, to oh, yeah. the catch, too. Lockdown <laughs> catcher. <laughs> right. Um, how did you learn to pitch uh, so effectively? Um, well, I pitched growing up, uh, up until about 12U. I pitched and caught, um, but definitely took catching more seriously. 
And I think I just realized about like 12U, 14U, like that age, I kind of realized that catching was what I wanted to do. Um, so I just kind of like put pitching off to the side. But so every time high school season comes around, I kind of just have to like knock off the cobwebs a little bit. Right, yeah, you sort of have to like dust off, yeah. dust off the right arm, don't you? Yeah. Um, but but you're going to Maryland to catch. Um, yes. Now, does Maryland look at you as a potential pitcher, too? Because, because you, you can obviously do it. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, he, I actually said this in the paper the other day. Is my college coach told me that I better get to States because I'm not going to pitch in his field any other time. Oh, really? Okay. So, so, so you're definitely going as a catcher. Yeah. Uh, do, do you like catching better than pitching, or do you sort of yeah, like them? Definitely. You, you do. Um, I'm a full-time catcher for my travel team as well, Newtown Rock, um, starting catcher. So. Uh, I'm curious, does your catching inform your pitching, though? Um, do they help each other? I would say, yeah. I think just because I kind of know both positions, I think they honestly go hand-in-hand hand a lot because – as a catcher, I also have to help guide my pitchers sometimes. Um, so, yeah, kind of just, like, knowing the game a little bit from both sides is helpful. Yeah. Frank, when you were looking at this team and you thought it could win a state title four years ago, did you think Delaney was going to be your pitcher <laughs> when you did it? I did. You did? I did, yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. Uh, Delaney, you didn't know that? I did not know okay. that. Was a okay. Good <laughs> yeah. Um, because they, when I looked at the, the pitching we had in the system at the time, um, I'd worked a little bit with Delaney during the pitching clinics that I run in the wintertime, and I knew what the capability was. Yeah. Um, and um, knowing what we had in the system, I did anticipate her being our number one pitcher after Spencer graduated. Uh, did I convey that to her? No. Well, well, well not. why not? Um, because I didn't want her coming into uh, the season um, with the nerves and, and being unsure of her role. You know, I, I just wanted her to, number one, relax throughout the winter, get ready for the season, and um, uh, come into the season ready to do whatever the team needed to do. And I think uh, all of the girls on the team took that approach. Uh, we had a number of girls that... that played positions that maybe they don't normally play uh, in their travel ball. And this is just one example. And you had someone like Maggie uh, to catch, too. We had uh, uh, someone like Maggie to catch. Um, on our roster this year, we had seven catchers. No kidding. Delaney is a catcher. Maggie is a catcher. CeCe Bullock is a catcher. Um, Lo Mackinac is a catcher. Delaney Cartucci is a catcher. She catches. Uh, Carly Majors is a catcher, and Lily Woodham is a catcher. So this is a team of converted catchers. Yes. Wow. And, and, they, and they're not bad at other positions too, right? Uh, I think they um, prove that through their performance throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I mean, it's such a small sample size and the season is so young, but you guys started with a couple of losses. I mean, you, you didn't play the kind of softball you wanted to play. I mean, I, I, it's hard to say you were worried at 0-2, but the fact is you were 0-2 at one point. <laughs> we, we were 0-2, but Greg, when I reflected on those games, even immediately after those games, um, I felt we beat ourselves. As a matter of fact, in all three of our losses this year, I thought we beat ourselves. Yeah, I mean, Sherwood had, what, like eight two-out runs or something like that? Correct. Yeah, we lost 9-5 to five to Sherwood, and uh, we gave up eight unearned runs. So I knew um, this team was going to come together, they were going to settle down, and we were going to get to playing the ball that we're capable of playing.
Right. Uh, Delaney, you were just shaking off the cobwebs, I guess, in those f- first couple games? Or? Yeah. Um, I would say, honestly, we were just kind of learning how to play together at that point. Um, although it was a very similar group to last year because we only lost one senior. Um, we had just all gone through a lot um, and had, a, obviously, a long break as well in between last high school season. So, yeah, I think we were just learning how to play together again. Yeah. And um, also just, like, figuring out how we mentally approach the season. Uh, uh, Maggie, can you talk about just how the team came together over the course of the season for Mo and two to, to winning a state title? Um, I think we all really realized that we had the same goal in mind. Um, if anyone who's listening or you follow our Instagram, we always have this play for Coach Jeremy thing up. And this entire season was for Coach Jeremy, our coach that had passed away in January. So I think we all really realized that there was a bigger goal for all of us together to get through this season and that we really needed to learn and come together as a team and do it for the greater good. Frank, have you seen a team grow more than this squad, one that you've coached before? Not over the course of one season. Right. Because your defense, which was poor in those first two games, obviously, when you were giving up all the unearned runs, was your strength by by, by the end of the season. You guys shut, shut out Sherwood, uh, the, the reigning 4A state champs, 2 nothing in the state semis, and then you held a good Delaney team to two runs in, in the final. And, and – uh... Um, we beat a fantastic Catoctin team 2-1 to one in the CMC Conference Championship game. Um, we, I always referred to it as lockdown defense. Um, when, when we would talk before the game, I put it in terms of lockdown defense. Uh, defense wins championships, and there were certain plays that happened throughout the course of the year that demonstrated that lockdown mentality. Um, Delaney Reef diving to make catches on a couple of uh, pop-ups on bunts. Um, Just pure athleticism there. Uh, Diving catch that Charlotte Wilson made in the CMC Conference uh, Championship game. Uh, Cam uh, Burley in center field, some of the the catches she made out there. Um, it, It was just a phenomenal defensive effort by the entire team. The defense was the tra- the weakness at the start of the season, the strength of the team by the end of the season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Delaney, are you a hard pitcher to catch, would you say? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I think my biggest strength, I don't throw gas necessarily, so I'd say right. my biggest strength is accuracy. Yeah, just accuracy and just spotting your pitches. What, what, what makes Delaney such a... Uh, good pitcher, Maggie. She's good at hitting her spots, and she knows what's working and when it's working. So she's really easy to communicate with, like, okay, we're going to throw this today and not this because she knows how it works from the other side of the plate too. So she knows it's hard on my side and on her side, and she's like, okay, let's just scrap this if the batters are hitting it or if it's not working. So it's really nice to work with someone who understands what's going on. Right. And Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, if I can jump in right there. Um, it, there was an adjustment made – during the state championship game that I don't think a lot of people picked up on. Um, Delaney's go-to pitch was her curveball. And Delaney, Delaney, um, started hitting that pitch early in the game. And they made an adjustment. They started throwing the drop ball. And as soon as they made that adjustment, it, it shut down the Delaney bats. It, it did. And you guys were able to change on the fly, adjust throughout the season too, it seemed. Yeah. Yeah, but the, these two made that adjustment. Um, historically, I've always called pitches. Um, the past two years, I've turned that responsibility over to the two of them because of the communication and, and the synergy that they had. Um, I allowed them 
to to call those pitches. You know, you know what? Now that now that you mention it, in, in the games that I saw you guys play, I, I didn't hear you calling pitches. Uh, you, you 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 didn't hear that voice coming out of the dugout that that you that you normally hear. So, but 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 yeah, you had to you had to think about it for a second uh, to, to realize it. Um, you know, a thing or two about catching, obviously, Delaney. What what makes Maggie such a good backstop? Um, honestly, I would just say. Uh, emotionally, like her and I are just on the same wavelength, and so when we're going through games, like we're, it's really easy to communicate with her. Like we've agreed, um, and yeah, honestly, like just working together super well. Have you guys reached that non-verbal level of communication where you could just shoot each other a look and 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 and, and you know what to do or what what the other person wants? Definitely, yeah. Uh, where did where did the softball uh, journey begin for you guys? Uh, what what Delaney? We'll start with you. What made you want to play softball? Um, well, my dad played baseball in college at High Point University. Okay. Um, so all three of my siblings, or two, two of my other siblings, I'm the youngest of three. Um, we all were put into t-ball as kids. Um, yeah, brothers or sisters? I have an older brother and an older sister. Okay. Um, but I was really the only one that stuck with it. My brother played baseball until he was 13, I think. Um, I think my sister only lasted until she was like eight. <laughs> so you had to try it. You and your siblings had to at least try. Bas- you, yeah. were, you were going to play t-ball. If it, if you didn't like it or it didn't work out, you could yeah. blaze your own path. But but why, why do you think you stuck with it? Um, I don't really know. It's just it just always was fun. <laughs> and you, and you and you pitched uh, early on. When, when did you start catching? Um. So, I th- I think it was about twelve. You maybe fourteen. No. No, it was before that. It was 10U, actually. Um, I played Maryland Express. Maggie, were you on that team? I was on the younger level team yeah. than you were, but yes. So I was on Maryland Express, and my coach, Donnie Graham, actually just threw me behind the plate one time, and then yeah, I just fell in love with it ever since. Uh, right away, or did it was catching a, an acquired taste for you? Um, I think I honestly fell in love with it right away. Uh, I wasn't so great at it at first, I think, um, just getting used to it. Is that sort of what appealed to you, the, the the challenge of the position? Yeah, and I also just loved, like, kind of being in control a little bit. The leadership role that comes with catching, I think, was very um, exciting to me. Right. And in uh, the last six, seven years, you, you've obviously excelled to the point where, where you're a Division One player now. Um, Maggie, what started your softball journey? Um, I was destined to play softball before I was born. My parents actually met on the softball field. No kidding. So, yeah, they played against each other once, and then the rest is history. So I was kind of destined to play. I got thrown into t-ball when I was younger, like Delaney said. Um, and I just stuck with it since then. So, I mean, it's been a good 14 years now that I've been playing. How long have you guys been teammates? Delaney and I, I think the first time we played together was, what, 10U, 12U on a rec team? And our dads yeah. coached us together. So yeah. it was, it's was. it been a while since I've been with Delaney. Did you play other sports too, or was softball always your main focus? I've always tried other sports, but nothing has lasted like softball has. So, I mean, I've played just about everything in the book at some point, maybe for a season or two, but softball is the only thing that stayed. Uh, and Delaney, did you play other sports too? Yeah, same story. I played about everything in the book, and then softball is really the one that stuck. I played basketball up until sophomore year, uh, and then when COVID hit, and then I committed junior year, and I just wanted to focus all my time on uh, softball, so I became the team manager for basketball. Right, and Maggie, softball was never forced upon you by 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 your parents. It's not like like you were never like I want to do something else. Like this was your thing, but it's not my thing. No, I mean I ran track for a little bit, but I actually broke my hip my freshman year, so that kind of just how'd you how'd you break your hip? Um, coming out of blocks in a relay race, it was not 
it was not pretty. But then I was had, this it, was this indoor track? Indoor track, yes. Uh, I, was I was gonna running, say because the outdoors the spring, yes, obviously. Yes, yeah, right. so I was running in the winter, and then I needed a lot of rest up until our freshman season. So, I mean, I'm back and fine now, but it was it kind of limited me and realized that I wanted to focus on softball and limit myself to softball at that point in time. And I knew that that's what I wanted to be healthy for. I mean, catching's a pretty tough position. Were mm-hmm. you, were you always a catcher? Um, actually similar story to Delaney coach Donnie Graham threw me into the, uh, behind the plate in one game in 12 you, I think. And I mean, since then it's been the same thing. And, so. and did it appeal to you for the same reason? It's a tough position. It's challenging. It's something different. You're, you have some degree of control. Yeah. I like the leadership. I like knowing that a lot of the game relies on me. And honestly, I would get bored other positions so it's being in the play every single game is something that i needed right how often do you guys talk about catching uh, together <laughs> i think less often than you would think yeah <laughs> really you guys, you guys aren't like sharing secrets or just because or... we're never catching in the same environment right yeah. so like True. Pra- yeah at high school practice i'm always in the circle so right uh and, and delaney you were the catcher on on your travel teams when you you were on the same team together, or um... uh, I think that was when I was still a pitcher catcher. Okay, pi- okay, pitcher, pitcher I catcher. Was gotcha. Catcher, yeah. G- gotcha. Did you ever pitch, Maggie? Oh God, no. <laughs> 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 I jokingly did once at practice, and I think I threw maybe one strike in a total of three or four innings. So no, that never happened. <laughs> so, so you said I belong behind the plate, yes. not not in, in, not yes. in the circle. Definitely so. behind the plate. Yeah. Uh, Frank, who else made this team go? I mean, the, these these two young ladies, obviously, but uh, but you mentioned Cece. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Low Mackinac was an amazing freshman for you, playing shortstop and um, and uh, batting leadoff. I mean, that's it's not often a spot you see a freshman. Uh, no, I think that uh, and Low and I had a conversation about this. I, I think Low is the um, the first freshman leadoff hitter I've had. Um, since I've been coaching at Urbana. And um, you, you mentioned her impact on the team. Um, I have a tendency to bring my freshmen along very, very uh, conservatively um, because I recognize throwing them into the varsity game. Uh, they may be fantastic 14U players, but they're not playing 14U when they're stepping on the varsity field. They're, they're playing with uh, very, very good 18U players, especially the pitchers. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I put her in in spots uh, to build her confidence before we threw her out there full time. Uh, when, when we made the decision to insert her at shortstop full time, I moved Delaney Cortucci over to third base. Delaney Cortucci was our starting shortstop. Uh, Delaney Cortucci moved over to third base and, and you, know, you talked about some of the uh, defensive uh, uh, woes that we faced early in the season. I think that when we made that move, it just locked up the infield. It was a tight, tight infield. And uh, I, I would say that that may have been one of the difference makers um, in our season. And when did you move low into the leadoff spot in the order? It was probably five or six games into the season. Um, and, and then she, uh, uh, she took over at shortstop and just had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like you, you, you put your child in the pool. You 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 are uh, here the bike analogy. Like you're holding the child seat, then you let go of the bike seat, and then the child zooms off. And that that seems to be what happened with Low. Like once she got started, um, uh, uh, you couldn't hold her back. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that's the infield, the outfield. Uh, Cam Burley. Uh, taking control, running the outfield from center field. 
anything hit in the air, Cam was going to track it down. If it was from left center to right center, Cam was going to track it down. And then uh, uh, Kaylin Burge came back to softball this year after taking a year off. Uh, she stepped up and, and really established herself as, as the uh, number one left fielder. And Lily Woodham um, in right field, I think the three of them just did a fantastic job for us. And uh, Carly Majors. Um. Carly, uh, once we moved uh, Delaney Cortucci to third base, uh, Carly uh, took on the role as our designated player. I wanted to keep her bat in the lineup. Um, so she was our DP throughout the rest of the year. And we worked her in at first base. Uh, she, she spelled CeCe Bullock on a number of occasions when give uh, CeCe a, a day off defensively and it seems like the offense from start to finish was was there for most of the season even in the first game you lost to Sherwood I mean five runs is no that's a good run total for a season opener yeah we I I was really really pleased with our offensive production I think as a team we hit close to 350 maybe a little bit over 350 and here again there were certain moments during the season and and uh uh, it, Maggie bailed us out. She pulled us out of the fire in the regional championship game. Uh, we were down one nothing to Clarksburg in the uh, top of the seventh inning. And Maggie came up to bat, very calm, uh, very confident, and uh, just annihilated the ball, drove it over the left field fence to tie up the game, and uh, we scored one in the top of the eighth to win it. It seemed like you got contributions from everyone, too, uh, especially in the most important games at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, and I'm not sure uh, a lot of folks are familiar with this stat, uh, but I think Charlotte Wilson was our number two RBI person on the team behind Delaney Reef, and Charlotte hit out of the number nine spot. So that told me uh, my six, seven, eight hitters were getting on base, getting in scoring position, and Charlotte was driving them in. So it was just a, a phenomenal offensive uh, contribution from one through nine. Did, did you change the lineup a lot throughout the season? Um, not after we got things settled in. I, I think we were pretty consistent with um, our, our offensive and defensive lineup as the season progressed. Right. And, and your team chemistry, too, seemed to be there from start to finish. Like, it seemed like a group that got along, right, 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 right Delaney? Yeah, exactly. You guys all got along, and it was sort of a, a family feel, right, Frank? Uh, I think it was, and I think that's a function of those the, the core group of girls, my seniors, being together uh, for three or four years on the varsity squad. Right. Delaney, what will you remember about playing high school softball oh gosh um I think honestly just the challenges that we face because it's just I think it's a different level of softball that you kind of have to adjust to um like yeah, going how, to, how is it different from travel ball yeah g generally speaking I mean it's just a lot different different pitching than I see in travel ball um but also just like I don't know like the energy is different it's just honestly a different like level of the sport and so like the team coming together and all adjusting to that because basically all our whole team played travel ball so all coming together to adjust to that and um really like settle in for high school season I think honestly just that and also how much how much we grew together as a team throughout yeah. the season even even though you're a catcher are you sort of glad that you had your big moment in high school for the team at, at, at playing a different position yeah i it was super fun <laughs> um it was just something that 
I don't get to do often, except actually I am going to pitch this weekend for my travel team. You are? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, and I want, I want her down in Maryland, too, if, if, <laughs> if, if they wouldn't throw you in, in, in a pinch-type uh, situation. I that... don't. I wouldn't hold my breath. Okay. <laughs> my travel team, since a lot of girls either have prom or they're still playing high school season, um, since we're, for, we're all from all over, um, so we only have about three pitchers right now. So he was like, we're going to might have to put you in now that you uh, have this pitching under your belt. Right. Uh, Maggie, what are your uh, post-high school plans, and um, and what will you remember about playing um, for Urbana? I think the same thing I'm going to remember, Delaney and me, and what she was talking about, just, you know, that environment, it's very different from travel. I mean, you grow up with the same group of girls that you play with with travel. Usually, at least for me, I've played with all these girls for forever. So meeting all these new people for high school and having to play with them and learn to be teammates with them, I think really something I'm going to miss because a lot of the girls on the team I wouldn't talk to otherwise – um, but after this season, I'm heading down to University of Tampa, but I'm not playing softball anymore. You're, so. not, you're not playing softball. No, nope, okay. this is it for me. But but you're trading winters for, for some nice weather, right? Oh, yes. I'm not a fan of the cold, so I'm so excited. So, so you were looking for a southern yep, school, obviously. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Um, and what, what, what does your summer look like, uh, Delaney? Oh, it's busy. It's busy, busy. Right. You're pitching uh, for your travel team, obviously, <laughs> uh, this weekend. And you played for one out of Pennsylvania, right? Yes. Newtown okay. Rock out of uh, Newtown, Pennsylvania. So, it's so, right by Philly. So you put some miles on your car, or the, or the, the family oh, yeah. puts, put some miles in. Yeah. My dad actually got a new truck uh, about like one a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And he put like 20,000 miles on it in one summer, I think. Yeah. Like it, I was, mean, it was quick. Right. It's crazy how much we travel, yeah. Right. So, so you'll be doing travel ball. And then when will you report uh, down, down to Maryland? Um, end of August. A- end of August. Yes. Did you want to play close to home? Was that, I mean, Maryland's a great program, obviously, but was staying close to home, did that appeal to you as well? Yeah, it definitely did appeal to me because, uh, first of all, I didn't want to go too far from my family. Um, I want them to be able to also come watch me play a lot. Um, and then also just, I think having a Maryland player, a Maryland, um, local, I guess, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> play at Maryland is uh, pretty special to me too. I thought that was really cool because young girls who are from Urbana can also come watch and be like, I guess, see me as like a role model. And that's really cool to me. Sure. Um, Maggie, have you totally hung up the glove and the cleats, or will you will you get some softball in this summer? Oh no, I have a whole bunch of tournaments left for the Urbana Rippers this summer. I mean, I'm here in my outfit for practice right after this, so I, you know, I have all summer left. I have a couple practices during the week, and then tournaments every weekend, pretty much. So. Other than that, that's it for me, though. But but softball's been in your blood since day one, and it, you're still going to keep maybe not in a competitive sense for your school, but I, I imagine you'll keep playing softball for fun and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. When I'm down there, I'll probably end up joining a club team or something, and I plan on coaching in my future at some point. Who knows where or when, but I know I'm going to be back on the field at some point in some way. Right. Uh, Coach Husson, what does your summer look like, sir? Um, I'm going to spend some time watching my granddaughter play That's fun. softball. That's uh, fun. And aside from that, uh, I've got some projects at the uh, softball field that need to get completed. So I'll be over there working in the evenings, getting some projects done and, and uh, uh, getting ready for next season. Yeah, I, I, I imagine. Uh, what might next season look like? Uh, what, what, uh, can you give us a little preview? I mean, you, you have a great group of seniors that you're going to say goodbye to. And, and I want to ask you, let's start there. Just what, what has this group of seniors meant uh, to you personally? Uh, it, it is uh, very emotional to say goodbye to them. Um, I am uh, 
so proud of everything that they accomplished in high school, and more importantly, the challenges that they overcame uh, during the four years of high school. Earlier, I mentioned COVID, and and um, who knew number one, COVID was going to hit, uh, and number two, the impact it was going to have on them. Forget softball, uh, just on their lives, the, the disruption to their education, and and having to adjust to the remote learning. Um, they overcame that challenge, uh, uh, stepped back on the ball field. They thrived on the ball field. And then, as Maggie mentioned earlier this year, we um, uh, unexpectedly lost uh, Jeremy Majors, um, assistant coach for the, the Urbana Hawks. Yeah, and, what, what sort of impact did that have on the team? Um, it, I would say that it was a, um, an event that brought the team closer together emotionally. And um, I, I think they were unified in what they wanted to accomplish this year to honor his memory. And they did that. Yeah. And you also uh, give pitching lessons, too? I, I do. I do. Um, I run a pitching clinic in the winter, and I'm doing some private lessons over the summer. Right. So do you go out and scout catchers, catchers that you're going to turn into uh, other position players? <laughs> you're, you're pretty good at it if you do. Uh, um, you know, I, I let them make that decision. <laughs> um, it, I've been pretty fortunate um, over my career working with pitchers. Uh, some of the, the recent ones, Grace, Grace Roark over at TJ. Uh, I've had an opportunity to work with her for a number of years. Um, uh, and, and, uh, prior to her, Andrea Larson, um, had an opportunity to work with her for a few years, uh, Delaney, and, and it's just a lot of fun, uh, working with these young ladies and helping them, um, achieve some of their, their goals on the softball field. You're going to have to call pitches again next year, right? Uh, probably so. Okay. Yeah. Because, because you, you, you lose, you lose your battery here. Uh, CC Bullock, Cameron Burley, uh, Stephanie Gartz, um, and Charlotte Wilson are, are your great seniors that you'll uh, uh, say goodbye to. That all, including these young ladies, go out on top. So that, that that's sort of a cool thing. You, you, your last high school game was a state championship game, um, and I didn't miss anyone. That, that, that's your senior class, right? That's our senior class, uh, we, and our two uh, managers, uh, L.J. Varley and Georgia Roy. Um, are both seniors as well, and, and they, as I put it, they are probably two of the hardest workers on this team. Um, so I, I, I don't want to short our managers, but yeah, the the uh, players that are graduating, you hit all of our seniors. And uh, Greg, I, I I always hate to say goodbye. I would prefer to say see you later. Yeah. And you know, Maggie talks about coaching. I can't wait until she finishes at the University of Tampa, uh, gets a job working at Urbana High School and joins the, <laughs> the coaching staff over there. Well, and you're gonna have to fly down to Tampa. That'll be a nice little uh, vacation for you to go to go to go uh, visit her down there, right? It will be, yes. And you don't have to go very far to see uh, Delaney play. So I imagine you'll be at a few Maryland games. I'll be at a few Maryland games, yes. And and uh, um, I'll fly down to see Maggie in Tampa, and maybe stop off at a couple of other colleges down there. You, too. you can tie it into spring yeah. spring, spring training. Exactly. Right. Yes. And I'm looking at what you have coming back, too. Uh, Kaylin Burge is back. Uh, Allie Crape is back. Carly Majors is back. Samantha Miles is back. 
Uh, Delaney Cortucci is back. Lily Woodham is back. Uh, Caitlin uh, Crotty is back. And Lowe, of course, Mackinac is, is back. That's a pretty good group coming back. It, it's a fantastic group coming back. So I, I'm excited about the prospects for uh, next year. And, and uh, we recently had Meet the Coaches Night. Uh, we had six really good freshmen that were at Meet the Coaches Night. And we've got two or three others that weren't able to be there that I understand are pretty good ball players. Um, so I, I think the future of softball at Urbana is is uh, pretty strong. It helps to play in Frederick County, doesn't it? With all with all, with all the good teams we have here, right? Um, absolutely. And and uh, uh, this year, when I looked at uh, the softball skills across the county, I thought that it was a, a pitching rich environment. Uh, you know, we have Delaney. Uh, Taylor Smith up at Catoctin. You've got Grace over at uh, TJ. Uh, Caroline Hinkleman at Walkersville. Uh, Taylor Broadbent over at Middletown. Uh, unfortunately, she was injured. Uh, Cameron Mackay at uh, Lagenor. Just fantastic, fantastic pitching in the area. And actually, I think it's something that put us in position to go as far as we did. We were battle tested going into the playoffs. And uh, we faced really good pitching uh, throughout the season. Oh, and I don't want to leave off Avery Newman over at Tuscarora. Um, so we were battle tested. We faced some very, very tough pitching throughout the season. And we, we were able to uh, come out on top in a lot of those situations. In the league championship game, you're facing Taylor Smith, uh, who almost pitched Catoctin to, a, to the 1-8 championship. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it, it was, I, I think that uh, um, uh, across the state, Frederick County is, is probably one of the hotbeds for softball right now. Is it a pretty tight community, the softball community in the county, Delaney? I would say so, yeah. I mean, playing in high school ball was super fun because I knew so many girls on different teams just from travel ball. And it, does it become bragging rights during your travel season <laughs> as you see the girls either on your team or playing against them? It's friendly, yeah. 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 And and I'm sure you see a lot of faces, familiar faces on different teams and maybe on your travel team there, Maggie. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for the Urbana team, I have six or seven of the high school girls that play on my team and from Linganore and other girls. So I see everyone that I've played against all the time, and it's it's a fun environment to be in, and it's a lot of congratulations, and I'm proud to see you go this far, and it's it's really nice knowing all the girls that you play with. Yeah, it, it seems pretty cool that the community is so tight. Oh, yeah, definitely. We yeah. all kind of grew up together as well, which yeah. is cool. Well, I want to thank uh, Maggie Hummer, uh, Frank Husson, and uh, Delaney Reef uh, for coming on the podcast this week. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, let, let's not make it another uh, uh 10, 11, 12 years, Frank, before we'll, we'll both be old and gray by then. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> if, we have, if we have to wait that long. So, um, so congrats and thanks for coming in, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. My thanks also to Graham Cullen for producing each and every week, uh, to Alexander Dacey for coming on and talking to Frederick County Sports, and to all of you for listening. I uh, hope everyone's having a great summer. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, thanks for listening to The Final Score, everyone. Thank you.